Book four, chapter five B of a family of noblemen by Mikhail Saltikov Shedrin, translated by Avram Yarmolinsky, eighteen ninety to nineteen seventy five. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Book four, the good little niece, chapter five B. Porfiry Vladimirych tortured Aninka for two whole days he kept on saying wait don't be in a hurry quietly easily say your prayers and receive your benediction and so on he tired her to death finally on the fifth day he was ready to go to town with her though he found another way of tormenting his dear niece she was in her fur coat waiting for him in the vestibule and he as if to spite her lingered a whole hour dressing and washing and clapping his thighs and crossing himself and walking back and forth and sitting down and giving orders here or see to it you know what i mean see that nothing happens you know he behaved as if he were leaving golovliovo not for a few hours but forever having tired everybody out the men and horses who had been waiting at the porch for an hour and a half his own throat at last got dry from gabbling and he decided to start out the entire affair in town was concluded while the horses were eating their oats at the inn porfiry vladimirych produced an account book from which it appeared that when arina petrovna died the orphans had twenty thousand roubles or a trifle less in five per cent securities then the petition to remove the guardianship was filed along with the papers testifying to the majority of the orphans and the order was immediately issued to remove the guardianship and transfer both capital and land to the rightful owners in the evening of the same day aninka signed all the papers and inventories that yudushka had prepared and when all was done heaved a sigh of relief the remaining few days aninka spent in the greatest agitation she wanted to leave golovliovo at once but her uncle met her attempts with a jest which good-natured as it sounded screened a stupid obstinacy that no human power could overcome you yourself said you were going to stay a week then stay he said i don't understand why you were in such a hurry you don't have to pay rent you are welcome without pay you will have tea and dinner and anything your heart may desire but uncle i must go aninka pleaded you are on pins and needles but i am not going to give you horses jested yudushka i just won't give you horses and you'll have to be my prisoner when the week is up i won't say a word we'll attend mass and have a bite and some tea and a chat and we'll take a good look at each other and then god speed you but see here suppose we visit the grave at voplino again it would be best to take leave of your grandmother you know maybe her soul will be of guidance to you i shouldn't mind it aninka consented so that's what we'll do early in the morning on wednesday we'll attend mass here then we'll have a bite before you go and then my team will take you to pogorelka from there to dvoriki you will go with your own team you are a landlady yourself i dare say you've got your own horses she had to consent there is something tremendously powerful in vulgarity it catches a person unawares and while he is staring in bewilderment it has him in its clutches when we pass a cesspool we close our noses and try not to breathe we have to do the same violence to ourselves in an atmosphere saturated with idle chatter and vulgarity 
deaden our sight hearing smell and taste overcome all sensibility turn into stone otherwise we run the danger of suffocation from the miasma of vulgarity aninka understood this a bit late perhaps at any rate she decided to let the process of her liberation from the golovliovo captivity take its own course she was so thoroughly overcome by yudushka's irresistible twaddle that she dared not resist when he like a good relative embraced her and stroked her back saying as he did so you see now you are a good little girl she recoiled instinctively at the touch of his trembling bony hand creeping over her back but was held back from any other expression of loathing by the hope that he might release her when the week was up luckily for her yudushka was not at all squeamish he perhaps observed her impatient gestures but paid no attention to them evidently he adhered to the theory of sexual relationship epitomized in the saying kiss me whether you love me or not at last came the long-expected day of departure aninka rose at about six o'clock but yudushka was already up and about he had already performed the ceremonial of his morning prayers and was sauntering from room to room in dressing-gown and slippers without any plan or purpose he was visibly agitated and when he met aninka looked at her askew it was almost full daylight but the weather was bad the sky was covered with massive dark clouds from which a chilling sleet was drizzling the road along the hamlet had turned black and was full of puddles a forecast of roads impassable because of the thaw a strong south wind was blowing another indication of thawing weather the trees had cast off their snowy mantles and their nude wet tops swayed drearily the barns in the yard looked black and slimy porfiry vladimirych led aninka to the window and pointed out the picture of spring's awakening does it really pay to go he asked would it not be better to stay after all oh no no she cried in a frightened voice the bad weather will soon be over hardly if you start now i doubt if you will reach pogorelka before seven o'clock and in this thawing weather you cannot travel at night you know so you'll have to spend a night at pogorelka anyway oh no i'll travel at night i'll leave at once i am brave you know and wait till one o'clock uncle darling let me leave at once and what would grandma say that's the kind of granddaughter i have she'll say she came here romped about and wouldn't even come to ask my blessing porfiry vladimirych stopped for a while he shifted from one foot to the other then looked at aninka then lowered his eyes apparently he was making up his mind about something wait i'll show you something he said at last took a folded note from his pocket and gave it to aninka here read this aninka read i was praying to-day and i asked my good kind god to leave me my good little aninka and the good kind god said put your arm around good little aninka's plump waist and press her close to your heart yes he asked turning slightly pale fie how nasty she answered looking at him in bewilderment porfiry vladimirych turned still paler and hissed through his teeth i suppose we must have hussars then crossed himself and shuffled out of the room in about fifteen minutes he returned and resumed his jesting as if nothing had happened well he asked are you going to stop at voplino will you go and say good-bye to your old granny do my dear do 
it is very good of you to have thought of your grandma never forget your kinsfolk my dear especially those who in a manner of speaking were willing to die for us they attended the mass and requiem services ate some kutya in the church then came home ate some more kutya and sat down at the tea-table porfiry vladimirych as if to spite her sipped his tea more slowly than usual and dragged his words out wearisomely discoursing in the intervals between gulps about ten o'clock they finished tea and aninka said imploringly may i leave now uncle oh and what about a bite what about dinner did you really think your uncle would let you leave on an empty stomach nay nay we are not used to such things at golovliovo why mother dear would have refused to look at me again if she knew i let my own niece go without a morsel don't dare think of it why it's impossible again she had to surrender an hour and a half passed but there were no signs of preparation for dinner everybody was going about his business yevpraxia her bunch of keys jingling was seen in the yard darting between the pantry and the cellar porfiry vladimirych was explaining things to his clerk wearying him with meaningless orders and incessantly slapping his own thighs in an effort to while away the time aninka left to herself walked up and down the dining-room looked at the clock counted her steps then the ticks of the clock one two three at times she glanced out of the window and noticed the puddles were growing larger and larger finally knives forks and plates began to rattle the butler stepan entered the dining-room and spread a cloth upon the table it seemed as if a part of yudushka's idle bustle had communicated itself to him he shuffled the plates sluggishly breathed on the drinking-glasses and examined them holding them up to the light dinner began just at one o'clock well so you are going porfiry vladimirych opened the conversation in a manner befitting the occasion before him was a plate of soup but he did not touch it he looked at aninka so affectionately that the tip of his nose turned red aninka swallowed her soup hastily at last he took up his spoon and dipped it in the soup but changed his mind and placed it back on the tablecloth i am an old man you'll have to pardon me he began nagging you swallowed your soup in a gulp but i must take it slowly i don't like it when people are careless with god's gifts god gave us bread for sustenance and look how much of it you have wasted look at all the crumbs you scattered altogether i like to do things thoroughly and carefully it comes out safer in the end maybe it annoys you that i am not quick enough that i can't jump through a hoop or whatever you call it well what can i do if you feel like being annoyed go ahead i know you will be cross a little while and then forgive the old man remember you are not going to be young always you will not be jumping through hoops all of your life life will give you experience and teach you wisdom then you will say maybe uncle was right after all so my dear now while you listen to me you probably think uncle is no good uncle is an old grouch but if you live to my old age you'll pipe a different tune you'll say uncle was nice uncle was a dear uncle taught me right porfiry vladimirych crossed himself and swallowed two spoonfuls of soup then put his spoon down and leaned back in his chair as a sign of an ensuing monologue bloodsucker was on the tip of her tongue but she pulled herself up poured out a glass of water and drank it at a gulp yudushka sensed her mental state so you don't like it well like it or not you'd better take uncle's advice 
I've been long meaning to talk to you about your hasty way of doing things, but I could not find the time to do it. I don't like that haste in you. There is fickleness in it, a lack of judgment. When you left your old grandmother, you had no business to leave her and cause the old woman anxiety. I really don't see why you did it. Oh, uncle, why recall it? It's done. It isn't kind of you. Wait, that's not the point I'm making, kind or unkind. What I want to say is that even when a thing has been done, it can be undone or done all over again. Not only we mortals, but even God alters his deeds. Now he sends rain, now he sends fair weather. So suppose, really, the theater isn't a good place. Suppose you decide to stay. No, uncle, let's not speak about it, I beg of you. And there's another thing I want to tell you. Your fickleness is bad enough, but what is still worse is the way you slight the advice of your elders. I speak for your own good, and you say, let's not speak about it. Uncle is kind and tender, and you snap at him. But do you know who gave you your uncle? Well, tell me, who? Aninka looked at him in perplexity. God gave you your uncle, that is who. God did it. If not for God, you would now be all alone in the world. You would not know how to manage things, or how to file a petition, or where to file it, and what to expect from it. You would be lost in the woods. Anybody could deceive you, abuse you, or even disgrace you, you see? And with the aid of God and your uncle, the whole deal went through in one day. We went to town and filed a petition and got the necessary mandates. You see, my dear, what uncle can do? Yes, uncle, I am grateful to you. Well, if you are, don't snap at me and do as I tell you. I mean you're good, though at times it seems to you that Aninka could hardly control herself. There was one way left to rid herself of uncle's sermons, to feign that in principle she accepted his proposal to remain at Golovliovo. All right, uncle, she said. I'll think it over. I myself feel it is not quite proper to live alone, far from relatives. But I can't make up my mind now. I'll have to think it over. Well, I am glad to see you have understood me, but what is there to think over? We'll have the horses unhitched, your trunks taken out of the cart. That's all the thinking there is to be done. No, uncle, you forget I have a sister. Whether her argument convinced Porfiry Vladimirych, or whether the whole scene had been staged for the mere show of it, it is hard to say. Porfiry Vladimirych himself did not know whether Aninka really ought to stay at Golovliovo or whether it was simply a whim of his. At any rate, from that moment on, dinner proceeded at a livelier pace. Aninka agreed to everything he said and answered his questions in a manner that did not provide much nagging and babbling. Nevertheless, the clock showed half-past two when dinner was over. Aninka jumped up from the table as if she had been sitting in a steam-bath and ran to her uncle to say good-bye. In ten minutes, Yudushka, in his fur coat and bearskin boots, saw her to the porch and, in person, supervised the process of seating the young mistress in the pony-cart. Easy when you go downhill, you hear? And see that you don't drop her out at the Senkino slope, he shouted to the driver. Finally, Aninka was seated, wrapped up, and the leather cover of the cart was fastened. Suppose you stay, Yudushka shouted again, wishing that in the presence of the servants gathered about, all go off properly as befits good kinsfolk. But Aninka already felt free, and was suddenly seized with the desire to play a girlish prank. She stood up in the cart, 
and emphasizing every word said no uncle i will not you are a fright yudushka pretended not to hear but his lips turned pale end of book four chapter five recording by expatriate in bangor maine